Hey there, thanks so much for clicking on the Film Code podcast. This is a special episode, it's a solo episode for myself, where I'm talking all about the best Netflix original movies. My name is Nathan Pig. I'll be spending a few minutes with you here analyzing the best Netflix has had to offer from a film perspective. I hope you guys enjoy. quick i want to talk about film code and what we are uh, film code is a podcast that talks exclusively about movies and entertainment it's myself along with three other fantastic hosts we do larger episodes than what you are listening to right now this is just a solo episode like i mentioned for myself where i'm covering one specific topic there are larger episodes where we cover a variety of different topics we analyze movies big releases we've already done this year Trial of Chicago 7, Tenant, Devil All the Time, as well as some other big ones. We've also covered past movies such as Get Out, Uncut Gems, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I guarantee you, you will love those episodes. You just got to go ahead and give them a, a listen. So without further ado, like I said, my name is Nathan Pig. You can find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig. There is a lightning symbol next to my name. That's how you know you found the right guy. And if you don't have a letterbox, you have no idea what you're missing at. So just going to dive right in here. I'm going to give five of the best Netflix originals that I have seen, as well as a couple honorable mentions. And I'll touch on the honorable mentions uh, just in a little bit, but I'll go more into detail on the main five. And just before we get into this, I do want to give a disclaimer. I haven't watched everything. Netflix has put out, they put out a ton of originals, a ton, way more than are capable of watching. And I simply haven't gotten around to some of them. I know Roma is a very well-perceived original film from Netflix. I have not seen Roma yet. So unfortunately, that's not on my list. There's a few other ones as well that I just haven't gotten around to. So if you know something should be at the top of this list and in my top five. I'm not necessarily hating on it. I just might not have seen it. So now that we've got that out of the way, I like to talk about some of my honorable mentions. And again, this is just Netflix movies, not including Hulu originals, Amazon Prime originals, or movies that are currently on Netflix. These are produced by Netflix, written by Netflix, and they have the Netflix original trademark. All right, let's get started. So my first honorable mention is The Five Bloods, directed by Spike Lee. This is a one that a lot of you should be familiar with as it just came out over the summer here of 2020. And it has some pretty solid reviews as well. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't think it is top tier Spike Lee by any means, but at the end of the day, it does have some great performances by our leads, specifically Delroy Lindo and Jonathan Majors. I think they were absolutely fantastic. 
And it's so nice to see Chadwick Boseman again. If you haven't checked this out yet, I won't spoil it or anything like that, but just know that it is slow. You have to know that going in, it does take time. It is a slow burn, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's a fun watch. It's a good watch. It's just not top tier Spike Lee. If you're interested in the five bloods, we actually did a whole review on it early on in film code. So scroll all the way down to the bottom. One of our first few episodes is about that film. Check that out if you love this movie or you want to hear more thoughts on it. My next honorable mention is called The Occupant and kind of go in the opposite direction of where I went with The Five Bloods, where a lot of you have probably heard of that. The Occupant, I'd be surprised if anyone listening has heard of. Um, it is not in English. I believe it is in Spanish, um, but I, you can dub it in English or you can watch in subtitles, however you prefer. The Occupant is a 2020 release as well that I thoroughly enjoyed. And this is a hot take because it doesn't have the best scores. Last time I checked, it was in the 50s or 60s on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 2.9 on Letterboxd. So not great scores, but I absolutely loved this. I loved it. I gave it four stars, which is very much in the minority of the people that logged this film over on Letterboxd. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It's a great little thriller. If you're not sure what this is about, Think Parasite, only less humor, and not quite to the artistic, dramatic, well-written flair. It's kind of a Walmart version of Parasite. But if you were a big fan of 2019's Best Picture winner, Parasite, I think you're going to be a fan of The Occupant as well. Just know, again, that it's not going to be Parasite. It's just the storylines are similar about you know a house invasion and class structures and, and things like that. So I really enjoyed The Occupant. And like I said, I'm in the mini minority in that sense, but nonetheless, I still really enjoyed it. My final honorable mention is called Triple Frontier. This is a 2019 release that features quite a few big names that I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've heard of. Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Pedro Pascal, all featured inside of this movie. And if you're a big fan of heist films, this is right up your alley. It's about a group of people who are trying to steal some money away from a drug lord. And it's just a great adventure, action, heist film. I had a lot of fun with it. It's not a movie that is going to blow you away by any means. It's not something that's going to change your perspective of the world. But if you're looking to just burn a couple hours, watch something and have fun with it, Triple Frontier it's absolutely a movie that will deliver on that end for you. They actually do a couple things inside this too that other movies don't do plot-wise. And I don't want to get into specifics in case you want to watch that. But just know that Triple Frontier is a movie that's flying under the radar. Again, doesn't have a ton of great scores. It's a 3-0 on Letterboxd. When I checked on Rotten Tomatoes, it wasn't terribly high. But again, I can guarantee you're going to have fun with Triple Frontier. So those were my honorable mentions for Netflix originals. Hopefully those three were good. And now we're getting into the top five Netflix original movies, in my opinion. And like I said, I haven't seen Roma yet. I haven't seen Ballad of Bustard Scruggs or Dolomite is My Name or maybe some other ones that you would consider in the top five. I just haven't seen them yet. 
So starting off with number five is one that maybe you're going to criticize me for putting low on this list, but it's The Irishman. And this is a movie that when I first watched it with my parents, I was not a fan of. I wasn't. I thought the three and a half hour runtime was simply unnecessary. I hated the CGI faces, but I also was distracted. It was late at night. I was distracted by something going on on my phone. And I wasn't completely invested in this movie. And I was one of the first few people to watch it on one of the first few days it released. And everyone was raving about it. And I just didn't understand it. So I said to myself, I have to give this another chance. I have to give it another try. Obviously, setting aside three and a half hours to watch a movie is not the easiest thing in the world, especially when it's a film you've already seen and weren't necessarily looking too much forward to looking to watching it again, excuse me. But I was sick one day and, you know, was just lying around, had nothing to do for a few days. So I checked it out again. And man, with with giving it my full attention, I really enjoyed it. And it's a movie that I love more and more each day that goes by since I watched it. And because of how long it is, because I already know what happens, this isn't one that I'm going to rewatch anytime soon, but whenever that time comes, I'm going to be excited for it. Martin Scorsese is probably the most iconic director that's living right now. He just delivers another one of his great gangster epics, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, specifically highlight the main three, I feel like I'm highlighting things that you've already known. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously have heard about The Irishman. You obviously know about it. It's that good. It is that good. I love the stories that are told inside of this film. I love how it's basically told from the perspective of Frank as an old man and like reliving, telling stories of his past. And I just really enjoyed this movie. I just really enjoyed it. The three and a half hour runtime is definitely scary. But if you can get past that, you will be good. And The Irishman is definitely worth it. Continuing our countdown now to number four is a movie that has also came out pretty recently, at least at the time of this recording. It is 2020's I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And before you hit pause, before you hit stop, before you take your headphones out, because I said I'm thinking of ending things, at least hear me out. This is one of the most divisive films that has come out in the last couple of years, at least since The Last Jedi. Um, and audiences are very split on this movie. You either absolutely love it or you absolutely despise it. And I think that's really what makes the movie work is because you have to be bought into it the whole time. The themes it tackles, you have to look up things about it afterwards and do some outside research or else you will hate it. And I'm in that camp. I never hated it, but I was unhappy that they didn't necessarily give me what I wanted out of the movie. They didn't give me straightforward answers. I had no idea what was going on the entire movie. And I had to do some outside research and I wasn't happy with that. But once I found out what it all meant, once I found out what Charlie Kaufman was going for with this film, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. This is my second best movie of 2020. And I just think everything about this movie is fantastic. Like I said, this movie is not for everyone. It is definitely divisive. You listening to this right now might despise this movie because of everything it is. It doesn't tell you exactly what's going on. It wants you to think 
very long and hard about what you just watched and about themes and ideas and metaphors. But I think that's why it really works. You just have to buy in to the unique aspects of this film. It's not straightforward. It is an odd movie. And if you can understand that, then you will love it. I know that a lot of you don't like it. And I hope that someday when you rewatch it, if you ever rewatch it, your opinion flips. But I loved it. It's definitely slow. But I think this is a case scenario where slow absolutely worked to its benefit. Our two Jessies, Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons, made this movie great. Jesse Buckley specifically as our protagonist just delivers this great performance. And I haven't seen her in anything, but I was blown away with what she was able to do. I really hope that she is nominated for Best Actress. I don't know if she'll get it, but I really hope she's nominated. She absolutely deserves it. And then Jesse Plemons, who's been in a ton of big stuff, a ton of recognizable stuff, he does a fantastic job as well. This is another actor that's under the radar that you don't think of when you think of the Leonardo DiCaprio's, Jake Gyllenhaal's of the world. But nonetheless, Jesse Plemons is a fantastic actor who once again delivers a great performance. Of course, Tony Collette is in this as well in a smaller role. I just loved everything about it. I'm thinking of ending things. Whenever I rewatch it closer to Oscar time, this is going to go up in my ratings. I gave it four stars first time around. Next time, it will definitely be four and a half, maybe even five. And I don't give a lot of five stars. So I'm thinking of ending things. Absolutely is a movie that is divisive and one that in my mind, I liked. We also analyzed this film in depth a few months back. So please, if you wanna hear more of our thoughts on I'm Thinking of Ending Things, whether you loved it, whether you despised it, we hear from both sides of the party in that episode. So go on back through the Film Code episodes and find the one about I'm Thinking of Ending Things and hear our thoughts on that if you're interested. So cracking top three of Netflix original movies. Oh, this is, this is so tough. But number three for me, at least at this current point in time, is The Two Popes. I think I'm definitely in the minority from this standpoint because The Two Popes, to a lot of people that I've talked to, is just a movie that's good, but not great. Well, I'm in the camp that thinks it's great. I had such a great time with this film. Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price deliver outstanding performances in the lead that was um, recognized as they were both nominated for their roles as an best actor and best supporting actor. I haven't seen Jonathan Price in a ton of stuff either, to be honest with you. I've seen him in the Pirates films and then Two Popes and that's it. So this is an actor that I was unfamiliar with, but he absolutely delivers a great performance I think he was the weakest of the ones to get nominated, but nonetheless, Anthony Hopkins, of course, is one of the best legacy actors that is working right now. I'm excited to see him in The Father later on this year, but nonetheless, what the two posts was able to do, take a subject matter that I specifically am not that interested and make it so interesting, make it a compelling drama and things that I can't take my eyes off the screen. This one's a little bit held back for me is I didn't necessarily care about Pope Francis's childhood. They flash back quite a bit to his childhood. 
And those parts just seemed a little disconnected from the rest of the story to me. I didn't care about those scenes as much, but I loved our two leads, the drama that they create, the teaching you about how this system works over uh, with the popes. And I just, I really enjoyed it. Learning about the Catholic church, learning about Rome and all the secrets they had. I feel like this is a film for anybody. Where I talked about I'm thinking of ending things being extremely divisive and not for everyone. I feel like The Two Popes absolutely is a film for everyone. Um, obviously, maybe some some children wouldn't necessarily understand it, but in your if you're my age or above, I feel like this is a film you will enjoy. The Two Popes comes in at number three. I'm not sure if I'm thinking of ending things will eventually surpass that. There's a couple of rewatches with these two to do. Nonetheless, both amazing films. Two Popes is going to edge it out for now. We've made it to the top two. I just want to stress one more time for anyone that's angry about Roma. It will not be in my top two. I have not seen it yet. I can't place it there. And I haven't seen a few other Netflix originals. So if I didn't mention them in the top five, if I didn't mention them in my honorable mentions, chances are I haven't seen it yet. So if you want to talk about it, I would be happy to, but as of right now, number two is another film that just came out recently, and I hope you got around to it because it is brilliant, and that is The Trial of the Chicago 7. I was not expecting to love this film as much as I did. I was expecting it to be good. I was expecting it to have some riveting performances, but man, this absolutely delivered on everything I was looking for. First of all, Aaron Sorkin, I'm in love with him as a writer. His, the films that he's written, The Social Network, I gave that five stars. Moneyball, I gave that four stars. I have not seen Steve Jobs and Molly's Game, I'm not a huge fan of, but A Few Good Men, he wrote as well. And I gave that four and a half stars and that is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love what he's able to bring in just his second direction. He's always been a talented writer and he's always had a thing for courtroom dramas and being able to deliver from that standpoint. But what he tried the Chicago 7 is just so much different. He's able to take an event that not a lot of people remember, talk about, it's overshadowed and make it just this insanely compelling film. With a runtime of just over two hours, I was glued to the screen the entire time. I loved every scene inside this film. As a movie that jumps around timeline-wise, I think that it does a good job filling in the gaps, making sure you need to know everything you need to know. But with a movie like this, we have to talk about the cast. The cast of this movie might be the best collective cast performance I have seen in my entire life. That include Knives Out, that includes Avengers Endgame, um, and some of the big ensemble casts you can think of, this might be the best I've personally ever seen. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, who is mostly known as a comedic actor, delivers potentially an Oscar-winning performance with this movie. Of course, he's still a little comedic in this role, but mostly dramatic, and he delivers a fantastic, fantastic performance. There's not a doubt in my mind that he'll be nominated for Best Supporting Actor, even though he is the lead in this movie. The whole cast will be nominated for supporting. No one will go lead. Eddie Redmayne, 
Yaha Abdul-Mateen, Mark Rylance were all specific standouts in my mind as well. I hear a lot of talk about Abdul-Mateen getting nominated for Best Supporting. I really liked his performance, but I would rather have Rylance in there just because Abdul-Mateen wasn't in it nearly as much as some of these other characters were. So give Mark Rylance the nod. He played William Kunstler, the lawyer, the attorney defending the group. And I absolutely think he delivered a, a Oscar-winning performance. Same goes for Frank Langella, who was the judge. If you watch this movie and you've seen it, you know exactly why I think the judge should be nominated for an Oscar. I think he was fantastic. Eddie Redmayne, maybe the best actor out of this entire group of um, main cast members. And he just delivers a fantastic performance as well. And then you have two characters who are side characters that are not one of the main seven that are huge actors. One of those is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who obviously is in Inception and The Dark Knight Rises. And you know him from, from quite a few things. And for a minor role, he even does a fantastic job. He's good in everything. And I loved seeing Michael Keaton in this. I love seeing big name actors with cameo roles, for especially for the character he plays, just this intimidating presence. I love that they bring Michael Keaton in, even for the five minutes or so that they do. So the cast absolutely has to be the first thing you talk about when you're talking about Trial of the Chicago 7. And the screenplay, it's fantastic. This isn't number one for the best Netflix original movies, but as far as screenplays are concerned, it is number one. I hope Aaron Sorkin gets the win for best screenplay, for best director. And I really hope this movie wins best picture. Obviously, there's a lot I haven't seen. There's a lot that hasn't come out. Nomadland, The Father, Hillbilly, Hillbilly Allergy, excuse me, Mank. It's got an uphill battle. But I think this has all the makings of a best picture winner. And at this current point in time, without having seen any of those, it is my best picture frontrunner. Trial of the Chicago 7, it just dropped in October. If you haven't seen it, this is a must, must watch. All right, so we've made it. Number one on this list. In my opinion, the best Netflix original movie ever made. If you've been following along all episode and you've been kind of scratching off the list or in the back of your mind having an idea of what would be number one, I'm not crazy. It definitely is exactly what you're thinking it is. It is 2019's Marriage Story. I think just everything this movie is so fantastic. Obviously, you're tackling a subject of divorce, which is not very fun. Um, it's very painful and hard. But how Noah Baumbach is able to translate this to the screen with two fantastic leads in Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. This is a great story. When you think of a drama, you think of marriage story. It has everything you want out of it. It encompasses such a realistic part of life. Whereas you take a movie like I'm Thinking of Ending Things, for example, that's not that realistic. Or Dead Bloods even, where it tackles realistic aspects it's still not that realistic of a movie. But you take Marriage Story, which is so humane, 
and such a story that so many people can relate to all over the world. It's amazing how they were able to do what they do because in the wrong hands, this could go in so many different directions. This could be offensive. This could be not nearly as dramatic and sad as it needs to be. But with Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, and Noah Baumbach at the helm, this movie was fantastic. It was nominated for Best Picture in 2019, as it absolutely should have been. Did not win, obviously, because uh, Parasite won. I mentioned that earlier. I think any other year, Marriage Story would have been an absolutely strong contender. But this year, 2019, excuse me, was so loaded that it didn't have a chance. Anything you're looking for, as far as a drama, if you're looking for a drama that you know is not going to make you happy, Marriage Story is a must-watch. The screenplay is fantastic. The acting is the best. Laura Dern walked away with Best Supporting Actress for this role. Obviously, she is an incredible talent in it of herself, but she walks away with an Oscar for her performance. Ray Liotta, another legacy actor, is in this as well. This is it. This is far and away the best Netflix original in my mind. I gave it the same score as Trial of the Chicago 7, but if I was asked to compare the two, Marriage Story is significantly ahead of Trial of the Chicago 7. It's a movie I've seen twice now, so I've had some, some time to think about it, and it came out not even less than a year ago. Or, excuse me, it came out not even a year ago. I love everything about Marriage Story, and I absolutely, absolutely stand by all its critical praise, its audience praise. If you're someone that hasn't checked this out, you are definitely missing the boat because this is one of the best movies of 2019 and one of the best movies of the decade, to be quite honest with you. So just going through those last five again real quick. From five to one, The Irishman, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, The Two Popes, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, and Marriage Story at number one. So those are my best. Netflix original movies. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse by saying this one more time, but I just don't want anyone to get frustrated with me. I have not seen everything. I have not seen Roma. I have not seen some of the other high profile Netflix original movies like Okja or High Flying Bird. I know is popular with some people. Um, Mudbound, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, for example. But nonetheless, those are my picks for the best Netflix original movies. If this is something you were really interested in, if you'd like to hear me tackle maybe best Hulu original movies, best Amazon Prime, or best Netflix original series, that's another one that I would be all over doing. Feel free to let me know. The reason that I did best Netflix original movies is because you let me know over on Twitter at Film Code Pod. I put up a poll on what you wanted me to talk about, and you guys voted this as the winner. So that's the reason I decided to talk about this today. Head over onto Twitter, give us a follow at Film Code Pod. We do so many tons, so many tons of great stuff to, to interact with you guys. Try to get as much interactions as we possibly can for the show and just talk about movies with movie fans. So at Film Code Pod over on Twitter, you're definitely missing out if you're not interacting with us over there. And I just want to shout out again, Film Code Podcast as a whole, myself and three other hosts make up Film Code. This is just a special segment talking about one specific thing. I guarantee, guarantee 
we will be your new favorite podcast. You just got to listen to one of our big episodes and you will love what we have to offer. We've talked about so many things, so many topics, so many reviews of movies. There's definitely something in there you will love. My name is Nathan Pig. Follow me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig. I just want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to talk about movies, you want to talk about any of the movies I talked about today, feel free to find me over on Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter, and I would be more than happy to talk with you guys about anything I discussed. Can't wait to talk about more movies with you guys. Keep watching Netflix, keep watching movies, and I appreciate you guys listening.